It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy, of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Wednesday episode of Locked On Raptors, it's been a whirlwind week for your local basketball team. And with an off day and sandwiched between a couple other off days, we have the opportunity to sit with our feelings, which we'll do with our feelings correspondent, Katie Heindel, on today's show. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on and welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, January the 24th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can follow my work over on the website that's busted, at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors, and of course, you can always join us in the Locked On Raptors Discord server. Come be part 
of our listener family with all the little sickos just like you who listen to the podcast every day and like to grill me about my takes. Come hang out. Link in the description. Would love to see you in there. Uh, as always, you can find the show for free wherever you get your podcasts on the audio side of things. Follow, subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend, etc. And we are, of course, on YouTube. You can go subscribe to the channel and hit the little notification bell. If you do that, you'll get a heads up every single time the show goes live via push notification that says, hey, Sean's talking. Drop everything you're doing and go listen to him. So thanks in advance for doing that and stroking my ego and making me feel good with like, you know, subscriber numbers going up and things like that. Uh, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. And you can make every moment more right now. New customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started and we will get started by bringing in our wonderful guest from basketball feelings from dime and uh from being in the woods for the last week <laughs> writing a book it is katie heindel back on the show we got a lot to dig into katie much has happened since your last appearance yeah a lot happened so much happened like yesterday in fact that i yeah. that i missed the the adrian griffin firing came so late in the it didn't even, but in the sense of that news day mm -hmm. that I was like, when did this happen? I had an appointment. It happened when I was in there. And then I was like, what else have I missed? <laughs> Too much is going on. Yeah. Uh, today. So normally we come into the show with like some structure and plans and we mm -hmm. know exactly when we're going to talk about when in the show it's very pre-prescribed, but today it's an off day again, three days off in the schedule coming at a perfect time to just kind of sit and feel our feelings it's been a wild week and yes you know we've kind of gone through the the cap machinations and the uh all the different sort of you know the, the, the nuts and bolts of the trade of pascal siakam a million times we've trade machine and bruce brown a million times in different teams we gotta just sit with our feelings a little bit i think because a lot has happened as toronto raptors fans in the last seven days not even just related to the raptors kyle lowry got sent to basketball hell yesterday that was one of the things that went down we'll talk about that probably coming up later on but katie we should start with the pascal trade it's been a week since it happened we've had a chance to sit with it we've seen the team play four games since the deal went down we've seen the pacers lose a bunch of games since the deal went down as well which for those little freaks who were looking at the, the the draft pick meter uh you know very very excited i suppose but uh katie i haven't gotten your feeling your thoughts on the trade so far you know mm -hmm. where are you at how are you feeling with it a week out from the deal um, you know, just sort of go any direction you want with this. I think it's a pretty open-ended thing. How do you feel about the Pascal Siakam trade now that we have a little bit of distance from it? Yeah, I think um, I was sort of on the end of it was inevitable only mm -hmm. because my sense was uh, trading OG Ananobi was kind of the first domino or like the most difficult first step that I think sure. the front office had been so reticent to take. Um, and once that was in motion, you know, it just made sense to carry on and trade Pascal Siakam. You and I talked about it. Obviously, you've talked about it with other people. I don't think it was necessary given the way that they were playing. But I also feel something cannot be necessary and still be inevitable. Yeah, their um, minds were made up, I think, pretty clearly. Yeah. They weren't going to have them changed by any great run of play from that Eight mm -hmm. games of the beautiful four-man group of IQ, RJ, Pascal, and Scotty that we'll always have. <laughs> I think my, I thought I was kind of on board with how I felt about it and that a lot of my personal fandom kind of left 
or took the first step away when Kyle Lowry did. Sure. Um, probably even before that with like the disbanding of that title team with Mark and mm -hmm. Serge going. So it, it always feels weird. Like seeing OG in a Knicks uniform is super weird to me still like mm -hmm. that. And then seeing Pascal first in a Pacers uniform was like, my brain is always like, well, like what are they doing? Like they're just playing dress up um, <laughs> at first. Like it's tough for me. Like that for some reason is, is the toughest thing for my brain to parse. Yeah. Even when I logically know that it's happened, but reading, reading Pascal's uh, player tribune piece mm -hmm. was tough because I think it took, you know, like took you back down memory lane from a start with the team as such a, uh, he's like the epitome of what they were trying to do with their development, like eternal development for so many years, you know, and he kind of ticked off every box at every step of the way he became a champion first mm -hmm. with the nine Oh five. Then obviously with the Raptors, you know, and he's just had these kind of beautiful um, leaps and like cosmic, almost leaps and bounds. And that's such a rare thing. And um, I also maybe had a little bit of, Bitterness isn't the right word, but this happens when any athlete leaves Toronto and lands on another team. It's like instantly the tides turn and people are like, hey, you seen how good this guy is? Seeing this? It's like, yeah. Yeah, I've been there, man. I had to tell yeah. you for a little while. Out of the Kyle um, Lowry drum for 10 years and you know, yeah. no one was listening. Oh, but he's on the heat now. Okay. Yeah. Although yeah, Heat fans so, were uh, weird about Kyle as well, so that's a whole other. Of course, yeah, thing. of course. But um, yeah, I think I've I've mostly squared with it. It did feel like coming into this season, you know, the writing was pretty much on the wall. The front office had verbatim said a few times that this was a possibility. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it certainly feels like the end of an era, you know. And and for I think a certain section of the fan base, there hasn't been this much changeover or maybe like this much new personnel. Um, at least for for me, you know, kind of all at once. Mm -hmm. I can't think of the last time this happened. Like it's it's pretty much a brand new team, you know, and like that's such a rare thing for Toronto, who I think makes moves, especially under this front office, a lot more slowly and methodically. Mm -hmm. So yeah, changing yeah. the guard, so to speak. Absolutely, and you know, obviously Pascal came along later in the Kyle Demar team era, but he is still, you know, was still that sort of last tie to the very beginning of that mm -hmm. era, right? Like Kyle and Demar gave way to Fred and Pascal, and it was all very connected. And now there's just like no connection to that past. It's uh, it's a stark thing. And shout out Chris Boucher carrying the torch still. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> but. You know, obviously he came a little bit later on. It was not as essential or sort of, um, you know, in, in, inter integral to the playoff run that won them the championship back in 2019, which is what everyone obviously latches on to. It, it is, yeah, as a fan, I, you know, I know the sort of, and you, you made note of this in your beautiful piece uh, at Basketball Feelings last week about uh, Decky and about Pascal and, and the Woods and all of that. Um and everyone should go read that. But you kind of noted just sort of the, you, know, you can go through all of the reasons why things make sense cap wise. You know, we get cap brain about this stuff and like all of it's logical, but then it's just kind of impossible to push down those fan instincts to feel mm -hmm. sad when a guy who's been one of your guys for so long is no longer on your team. And, and I think it's like good to feel that way. I, I think we have gotten so detached, I think, in the way we talk about basketball teams in general. And I'm guilty of it. Like, I do fake trade podcasts all the bloody time. I know I'm part of playing the game. 
everyone's part of it, but it is, I think, nice to sit with your feelings on a thing like this because, like, what else do we do this thing for but to feel stuff from watching the basketball team play? If not, it's a pretty soulless enterprise. And uh, I, I do think it's uh, it's an important time to take some reflection and look back on what Pascal Siakam did for the Raptors because, man, he did a whole freaking lot. And at this point now, the Raptors are in this sort of, you know, you, you sit, you feel, you think, and you kind of look ahead and you're trying to sort of, I think, the thing I'm challenged with right now or I'm having a hard time with is sort of finding that emotional connection to the team again, mm-hmm. which like, I want to have that, right? I, I know a lot of people sort of post-title, and I think this is a pretty common thing. Post-title, you win, you kind of get to the top of the mountain, and you feel less like you want to, like less like you need to sort of live and die with every up and down. But I, I do think, you know, in my line of work, kind of talking about the team every day, I would like to have that emotional investment to feel something while I'm doing the thing that I'm doing every day. And that, I think, is where I'm struggling right now, is finding the sort of, ways to kind of connect with this new version of the team and it will come i'm sure and that's kind of what i want to get into next year katie we'll do that coming up in just one second the sort of idea of new beginnings finding new guys all that type of stuff coming up in just one second today's show is brought to you by hungry root trying to eat a little healthier in 2024 hungry root is here to rescue you from short-lived resolutions by making meal planning easy and nutritious build healthy habits that won't disappear by february with hungry root it is a wonderful thing. Hunger Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality food delivered to your door. They've got healthy groceries and simple recipes all in one place. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your taste. You take the, you just take their suggestions and choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks and sweets, and so much more. You can spend less time meal planning, shopping, cooking, and more time enjoying healthy food that you'll actually love with Hunger Root. All you got to do is take a short quiz and Hunger Root will get to know you, your goals, and how you like to eat. And then it all flows from there. Right now, Hunger Root is offering Locked NBA listeners 40% off your delivery and free veggies for life. Free veggies for life. That's a huge deal. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash LockedOn to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash LockedOn. Don't forget to use our link so they know that we sent you. Today's show is also brought to you by our pals over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has got everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit. Only available to U.S. customers. We continue on here with Katie Heindel from Dime and Basketball Feelings. Going into the break, Katie was kind of kicking around the idea of sort of latching on to a new era, a new team, new beginnings, and I think the sort of challenge of figuring out the sort of entry point into that. And I'm curious how you feel about that. Obviously, you kind of mentioned that your fandom, you know, has sort of dissipated some since the departure of Kyle Lowry, since the disbandment of the championship team. Do you feel like this group is, you know, the kind of group that you might be able to kind of dive back into here? I, I do think it is kind of an interesting sort of fresh canvas. And 
there is something to the idea of getting it on the ground floor of something that seems like it could have some promise. I'm curious where you're at as far as like the fan inclinations when it comes to this new group led, of course, by Scotty Barnes. I mean, I think generally I need a bit more time to figure out what this group is supposed to be and like yeah. kind of what the ethos of this team is. I don't think they quite know yet. Yeah. Um, for all Rakovic has, has preached, it hasn't necessarily clicked. And I think that's because, of course, you know, there's been a lot of personnel changes. Mm -hmm. I do like the people that are on the team now. You know, this is not certainly not to say I'm not rooting for them. I think for, sure. for me where I know my fandom has changed is it's become more individualized versus team. Sure. You know, heavy. Um, and like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, I've written about it before and I'm not shy about saying that I think a lot of my separation from the Raptors wasn't necessarily just because of personnel changes. There was a lot of things that the franchise did uh, and handled, you know, in ways that I felt kind of only paid lip service to the things that they said were their like tenant values, which was, mm -hmm. you know, uh, really putting like women and like in girls into positions of power, you know, and like standing up for women. Um, I, I, you know, that, that I think is slowly changing and I've seen them make strides and try to correct where they maybe fell short in the past, but mm -hmm. that's something that I kind of wrestle with in terms of not just my own fandom, but my coverage and my work in basketball anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think there's a lot to root for here. Generally, I do feel like younger teams are exciting. Is it exciting to kind of watch that process of a team develop and grow? It is something that if you were a fan of the Raptors, you know, like well before the championship season, you got to see all these run-ups and kind of almost like the team almost doing it so many times and having these heartbreaking moments, you know, in the playoffs, a part of me wonders if I'm up for that, <laughs> like realistically in the same give, way. Give me a, if, an embarrassing second round out. I'm so in, give me that. That's the stuff. And I maybe, honestly, on, like, maybe that's what it'll take for me. Like that kind yeah. of spark again, to really get caught up and enraptured by something I'm not quite there yet. I think also, you know, as I've said before on this podcast, it, it's important to be realistic. I think about like the ceiling for what this 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 team is now, mm -hmm. uh, especially what the front offices made clear uh, in moving like two of its star athletes and foundational kind of cornerstones of the team, as it were, this season and rapid succession. So. There is a lot to get excited about. I do need more time. As I said, like maybe it'll take a spark, like, you know, an underdog's kind of shot into whether that's like a play-in situation. I, that obviously feels quite far right now, but you never know how the season could shake out. The Nets um, and Hawks aren't very good, Katie, so it's very possible. <laughs> yeah, like it's basketball. It's a long season. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of things can happen, so who knows? But it doesn't mean I'm all out. I'm 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 optimistically curious. How's that? Yeah, I think that's... <laughs> Totally, you know, to use a reference from my current, uh, you know, living situation, I, we bought a new house, we're moving in and like, you got to poke around and like, see, okay, this, this wall's got a stud. This is good. I'm not this one. Okay. Maybe hollow here. We don't want to hang something up here. I think we're in the probing phase. We're in this, the, the, the father-in-law probing phase of the team, right? Just kind of figuring out, okay, what are the bones of this team? What is, um, you know, again, the ethos that you talked about, I, I, I am optimistic, I will say. I, I haven't quite been able to sort of tap in and really get invested just yet, but mm -hmm. 
I'm a big believer in Darko Ryakovic, I think. Um, I know things haven't worked on the defensive end for this team. I think that's a lot of personnel more than anything else. Mm -hmm. But I do think, you know, the stuff he's instilled on offense seems to really be clicking and sitting with the guys well. Um, And he just seems like the type of guy that you want to root for. He, He just very earnest, very kind, you know, in all of the sort of dealings he seems to have with the people around him. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's, you know, not to say that everything is compared to the 2013 through 2019 Toronto Raptors, but like, I do think Dwayne Casey did a really good job of kind of having that sort of stable force at the top of everything. And then everything flowed from that. And I do think Darko kind of has a chance of replicating that a little bit. And then as far as the players go, yeah, I mean, Scotty Barnes is awesome. Like, if th- th- this is not going to be a difficult player to throw your emotional investment behind. I don't think. Am I, um, you know, still a little shaken from the whole Pascal of it all? Certainly, he was my dude, and you know, you're now you're in the process of kind of finding your new dudes and all that. But um, I-, I think there are certainly a lot of things to really like here, and there is almost a uniqueness about the situation the Raptors find themselves in too, where it does feel like there's a pretty clear runway to progression and Mm -hmm. growth in a way that a rebuilding team doesn't always have, right? Most of the time a team trades away their best players and it's all right. We're going into the unknown abyss of the lottery for who knows how many years until we emerge from it. Sometimes it's a couple years. Sometimes it's 17 years and you're the Sacramento Kings. And I think now there's like a little bit more of a clear, okay, like this could be a pretty competitive team within a couple of seasons built around an emergent Scotty Barnes and Emmanuel quickly and RJ Barrett doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And it does feel a little easier to kind of latch on and say, all right, giddy up. We're in the, on the ground floor, but the, it's not going to be waiting on the ground floor for five years, hoping that they can get the elevator electrician into, you know, come and fix it. Elevator electrician. Is that a job? I don't know. It's not one I'll ever do. Um, but yeah, I'm also curious, Katie. I mean, you've watched the Raptors for a long time. This is, kind of untreaded ground for the team as well because i don't ever think at any point during the aughts that -hmm. there was this kind of optimism right or sort of this kind of runway before a team you know obviously vince carter was vince carter but that team was also very early in its stages of being a franchise there was a lot of dysfunction still going on it was very old team like just a lot of old vets dudes coming in to sort of support vince carter it didn't feel like there was that clear long runway and that ended up being very true. Mm-hmm. Chris Bosch was all still like the post Vince era where I don't think anyone believed anything was ever going to happen good to the Toronto Raptors. Now they're in this spot. Yes, the last couple of years have been tricky as far as moves and decisions and all of that. But I do think this is kind of an unprecedented spot for the Raptors to be in that there is that runway and there is, I think, uh, you know, I'm just kind of curious your thoughts on that. Like, are you finding this to be sort of a, a new ground to try to feel out as a fan as well? Cause I don't recall like that Raptors team that got good with Lowry and DeRozan. That was a total shock. It won't be a shock to me if this team gets good, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, I think it's, it's a new ground and that there's no clear pairing, you know, and, and that yeah. in the Kyle DeMar, we talk about it with those two that's the shorthand for a reason right because it was a duo mm-hmm. um and that was a duo that led to everything happening the previous year yeah i guess like vince and tracy mcgrady another kind of duo um bosch was sort of in there too for a minute mm-hmm. so i think certainly under Masai's tenure this is new territory 
to travel into? Like you have once you've said like, it's Scotty's team, it's Scotty's era. We're putting all our weight and all our trust behind him. Um, we're, we're like, we've hopefully found him good teammates and kind of people who can play up his strengths and who he can also learn from, you know, uh, I think that's also the beauty of a younger team is mm -hmm. the idea is everybody gets quote good at the same time and has these kind of uh, developmental leaps and bounds that are very complementary to one another that of course, sure. like, does not always happen? No. Um, and I think that's like really baked into what the promise of this team should be and what, what the front office hopes for it to be. So it is new territory in that sense. Um, that's exciting. I also just think, you know, to go back to what we were talking about earlier, it's hard to, there's like no blueprint necessarily. It's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that the Raptors haven't worked with that. Like, I think that's kind of like baked into the identity of the franchise right, is, is forging your own path and kind of figuring out your own identity because usually that's just been not being able to, whether it's like not attract star power, whether the draft hasn't always fallen in your favor or whatever, you've kind of had to figure it out from the inside out. So they are really well suited to that and obviously yeah. have, you know, we're talking about kind of bones of a franchise. They're able to do that in the past. And yeah, I, I don't know, Sean. It's like, I really... <laughs> I, it's not that I'm, it's not that I'm like struggling to find a reason to root for them yeah. because I think there's reason enough just in the fresh start and the the kind of fresh faces. And I think the eagerness and like the injection of energy that we've seen really well needed into the team this season, mm -hmm. you know, and like that enough to me, just like the, the possibility of what this team could be is enough reason to stay invested. Like mm -hmm. I love, it, it is rare. Also, I think I'll point out like to, assuming this is a franchise that kind of like gets to the next few levels to watch something kind of all the way through. There's not yeah. that much continuity in the NBA anymore, right? Like you don't really see teams that kind of either stick together or have like the same individuals there from start to quote finish, which is a championship run. Mm -hmm. uh, usually these things kind of get broken apart. Like really quickly. very rarely is something as narratively satisfying as the Raptors run from 2013 yeah. through 20. Yeah. Right? And like, like it's a, that's a rare thing. And like, that's a huge grain of salt to kind of go with anything else. Right. And, and I think when we talk about being realistic to recognize how rare that was in and of itself. Um, but yeah, like I think like freshness and possibility is always exciting. If we've got another kind of like underdog team on our hands here, nobody like that's, I love, like that's probably my personal favorite. Mm -hmm. style of winning team so i think there's like a lot however you approach it um i think maybe what some people are grappling with right now is uh there's no clear like forerunner in all of that you kind of have to pick your pick for yourself i think mm -hmm. what is your like most invested interest in this team and what's the thing that's going to keep you around because they're not necessarily going to present that to anybody this season especially yeah, and I think the sort of uncertainty hanging over a couple of guys going into the deadline is kind of playing into the mm -hmm. sort of uneasy feeling of like you're kind of walking on a peat bog as a fan right now, waiting to kind of, you know, have your favorite dude pulled out from under you and fall into the mess. Um, so, Stay preserved well, in the peat forever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not the uh, first so time I've talked about peat bogs this week. That's that's great. I'm glad yeah. that I had no idea that you were, you know, in yeah. the sort of peat bog milieu this week. So I'm glad I that am. I was able to keep some uh, thematic <laughs> symmetry for you in your Thank life. You. 
We'll come back. We'll get into that. We'll get into Bruce Brown. We'll get into Gary Trent Jr. We'll get into the sort of looming uncertainty with those guys. Obviously, the big cloud of uncertainty is gone between OG and Pascal, but still some clarity to be sorted out. We'll get into all that and maybe talk about Kyle Lowry if we got some time coming up in just a second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in all the land. Right now, the NFL playoffs are rolling along, but there's still time to get in the action with FanDuel with Championship Weekend coming up this very weekend. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. All you got to do is put 5 bucks down. Whether you win or lose is irrelevant. You're still going to get the 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like the same game parlay. You have you you can find new bets in the Explore tab, which has all sorts of different options for you to peruse, and you can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and so much more. Visit FanDuel.com/lockedon and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL, and of course the Locked On Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we continue on here. Katie Heindel here, rounding out the show as we uh, dig into our feelings. A weird week, a sort of uneasy week for the Toronto Raptors. Hopefully, more solid ground to come, especially post-deadline once the dust settles and all of that. But Katie, I want to start this final segment talking about Bruce Brown, who I know is one of your faves uh, and has quickly become one of my faves as well. And feels like the type of dude that if he were around on this version of the team would be one of those very easy entry points. A guy you can say, that's one of my dudes. I'm riding or dying with that guy. You know, I think, you know, we all kind of have our dudes, our guys, the guys we kind of latch on to. For me, that was very much Pascal Siakam. I'm in the phase now of trying to identify my dudes. Emmanuel quickly, I think, is probably going to be one of them dudes because that dude rocks. And I was, you know, hoping for that trade for many, many months before it took place. Um, but you know, where are you at with Bruce Brown, Katie? Again, I know he's one of your faves, and this sort of strange interstitial where he might just be kind of stopping off in Toronto for a hot second. It's a bizarre thing to kind of sort through, and I think it's bizarre and a little troubling because, like. He seems like a guy that maybe you should want to keep around on your young basketball team that's trying to learn, yet picks will rule all, I suppose, if you can go get more picks or whatever. Thanks, Presty. Uh, where, where are you at with Bruce Brown and how he kind of fits into this whole equation right now? It's like the, it's kind of like goes a monkey saw situation for me because it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's someone that I really loved watching, played basketball, and of course, like, had thought, oh, it would be sick if he did that closer to me on the team that you know, I ostensibly root for. Um, but I saw a picture of him like coming into the building, like <laughs> their tunnel fits or whatever. And he looks so sad and he wasn't wearing boots and he wasn't wearing a hat. And like maybe <laughs> he hasn't packed them yet. And he just had a, a weird outfit on. And I was like, man, this guy's not happy. And I don't mean like he's not happy to be in Toronto. I think I can understand him thinking like he signed this con he left a team that he won a title with to go sign a bigger contract and make the most of that. 
because he probably thought he was sticking around there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then he gets bounced like midway through the season to a team where it's like, yeah, they're like a lot of what we said. It is a good organization, solid organization, but like, is there a plan? Is that necessarily clear to someone like him? Um, I mean, so I'm a bit like, I'm a bit trepidatious. Mm -hmm. I hope like, that he sticks around and that the team invests in him um, selfishly, of course, because there's like a lot of stories I want to mm -hmm. do. A lot of stories that eight games in Toronto will probably not uh, give you, especially when they have like a six game road trip coming up. Right? Yeah, like I want to talk about cowboy paraphernalia with this guy. Um, you know, right? this is the kinda... only story I want from NBA media this year is Katie Heindel talking cowboy hats with Bruce Brown. But I don't want him to do this under duress. And I, yeah, you know, I yeah. want it to be under the backdrop of him feeling like happy and secure where he is. So, hmm. you know, that's a personal wrench, but, uh, I hope I hope he stays. I agree with you. I think there's like a lot to be gained from someone with Bruce Brown's um, experience and kind of tenure and also just like the quick fittedness of him. Like we saw that in his first game, like what he was able mm -hmm. to do uh, with Brooklyn and then with obviously the Nuggets and his short time with the Pacers. Like he understands very well. Like he's James Herbert wrote a wonderful like story about him. Um, it, it's worth digging up for CBS when he was with the Nets just about like how he is very plug and play and how skilled somebody has to be to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, he's not the biggest guy. He's not the quickest guy, but he's really able to capitalize on his own skill set as kind of like a genius Swiss army knife and yeah. figuring out what a team needs. So I think it is well worth, you know, paying somebody like that and keeping them around. I don't know what the plans are right for the, for the team. If this is just kind of a stopgap, I hope not. I hope not. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm sure they'll canvas the league for the best offers they can find, but I do think having a genius Swiss Army knife, there's like an amplifying effect to having a player as mm -hmm. smart as Bruce Brown on your team who's not going to take away from the possessions that a Scotty Barnes or Quickly or Barrett gets. He's just going to kind of slot in where he slots in, where he can make an impact. You know, he freaking screening and rolling like it was Brooklyn days in his first game with the Raptors, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think... You know, if you can get through the deadline and keep them around, I do think there will be a sort of settling in that happens and you'll see the best of Bruce Brown and what he can do to be a, a guy who makes it more of a development conducive environment if he's on the team. Yes, he's also been a member of championship teams and there's he's obviously like a, a championship type player. But those types of guys on young teams that are trying to build towards something are also extremely additive, I would argue, mm -hmm. even if he's 27 years old and is like on the brink of, you know, decline or like, you know, people get so precious about age. It's unbelievable. It makes me sick. But um, I, yeah, I think there's a lot of argument in favor of having him around. And, you know, as a fan, having a cool guy on your team, it'd be kind of a bummer to be like, well, he was here for a, a hot second. Then he was gone. Right. Like, mm -hmm. I, um, you know, there's a sort of grading effect of guys coming in and out of the door and the sort of constant cycle of things. And I, I would like to get to know Bruce Brown a little bit more in a Toronto Raptors uniform. That's for damn sure. Um, we should close off. I was going to ask you about Gary Trent Jr. We can save that for another day. I do want to ask you about Kyle Lowry. Uh, okay. Our dearly beloved sent to basketball hell yesterday with the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, no early plans to buy him out. Uh, per Woj and so he's going to have to play basketball games for the Charlotte Hornets 
Katie, uh, is this the most upsetting possible way for the final year of Kyle Lowry's tenure with the Heat to end? Uh, I really, really hate it. It's just so uncomfortable in so many ways. Garbage franchise. They're going nowhere. Kyle deserves better. Uh, like, at this point, put him on Philly. I won't even be all that mad. Uh, like, where are you at with the Kyle Lowry thing yesterday? Just a really strange, bizarre pairing of cool guy and uncool franchise. Yeah, it felt like plainly treacherous to me. I was to the point where I was like, <laughs> he should quit basketball. Yeah. He should just be just like, retired. you know what? Yeah. Thanks. Um, I heard what you said, but I'm not coming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It happens. It's happened in Toronto for sure. You know, just mm -hmm. like, no, you know what? I don't accept that as reality. Pull it Alonzo morning. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Exercise you could take power. tips from Alonzo. He was just your VP player department. <laughs> on the heat call him up and be like i don't want to go what's your script you know i just think um yeah unless it's everyone seems quite confident it's a bio but as you mentioned the hornets have said nothing to that extent mm -hmm. uh it is they simply must trade him for marcus morris's contract or whatever yeah uh, or like of course yeah. we want the buyout where it's like yeah he he plays in philly for a minute of course we wanted him to retire as a raptor um this feels like very counter to that happening. I was honestly like a bit shocked. I guess I've been shocked and I understand my bias, my Kyle Lowry bias, but I was a bit shocked with how um, lackluster, and I don't mean his own tenure, but how lackluster his tenure has been received as, as a, yeah. a member of the Miami Heat by either the Heat fan base or the Heat media. Um, yeah. And I understand like he's not as... The way he plays there was never the way he played in Toronto. You don't necessarily when you sign get the... a thirty-five-year-old six-foot point guard. You should there's bake that in the too. expectation that he's going to be a thirty-five-year-old six-foot point yeah, guard. Yeah, there's that too. But yeah. generally, the only person I felt happy for about this for a minute was Steve Clifford because I was like, it's finally, someone on his roster he can talk to. <laughs> a real adult in the room. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> if assuming Kyle Lowry even goes to Charlotte, which I don't think he should. So yeah. In my brain, I'm still just like, I, I don't think this trade has happened. I refuse yeah. to acknowledge it. Weirder image. Kyle in a Hornets jersey or Tony Parker in a Hornets jersey? Kyle. I think so, too. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, God, it's awful. Just awful. Um, hoping for the best for Kyle Lowry. Uh, that feels like a good place to leave today's show. Katie, thanks so much for hanging out. was lovely to have you. As always, anything you want to plug for the good people out there? Um, no, I'll just plug basketball feelings. You already did yes. earlier. Uh, you can find that at basketballfeelings.com. The best writing about the NBA that there is in the whole wide world. So go and uh, check it out. And it's not just the NBA. It's basketball. It's life. It's feelings. It's the woods. It's everything. Go <laughs> check it out. Uh, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for hanging out. We'll be back again tomorrow as I'm going to open up the mailbag in earnest. I wanted to do one last week. We got a big backlog of mailbag questions. But then uh, Pascal Siakam got traded. So we haven't had a chance to do that. Get your questions in in the Discord. I might even go to Twitter to get some questions this time around so we can have a big, full, bilious mailbag. And uh, looking forward to that on tomorrow's show. Again, no show this week on Friday as I am moving. But next week, we'll be in the new studio. We'll be all decked out. It'll be a ton of fun. Until then, thank you so much for hanging out. And we will talk to you again on Thursday. Another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye-bye.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.